This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit MyGayAgendaPodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of mental illness, gendering, poverty, and xenophobia. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we're here to discuss whatever it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, But CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? Today we're going to be talking to our good friend and Philadelphia sweetheart, Tui Chuang. Woo! And then we're going to play a game, like we (laughs) usually do. I mean, like... Probably a different game because they're all bespoke, but like, you know what I mean. How we usually play a game. Yeah. We're going to do that again. That's on the schedule. I know you're interested, Jay. I, 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 it's my job to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello, Tui. Hello, hello. Yeah, I, I was afraid that I, I was doing the thing, you know, it, it, it's the holiday season and I was afraid I was doing the thing that, um, uh, that uh, the uh, inimitable Patti LaBelle was doing in that that infamous tree lighting ceremony where she sang this Christmas. Um, and yes. like you said, you said my name and I started making noise and I was like, wait, maybe this is like, they have to do the, the, the intro thing first. And then they're like, and Tui. And then, and then I would be able to talk. So I, I, I got, I got scared for a second because I was making noise and I was like, wait, no, no, no. I'm not, I, I allowed to make noise. I'm not, I'm not on stage yet. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of that, because like from the very beginning, you just knew that things were already, that things were going downhill because uh the uh man introducing uh patty labelle said her name and so she walked out on the stage but then he talked about her some more and then you know was meant to bring her on at the end and uh so she like sort of like (laughs) like walked backwards scooted out of frame uh and um yeah that's uh patty labelle's defense (laughs) <laughs> then like saying somebody's name is like the universal way to bring them on stage like you gotta save that <laughs> shit for last do, like do not say her name at all until you know you are ready to have patty labelle on stage mm-hmm. who is this mystery person that i'm talking about it's patty labelle and and then every she walks out you know exactly yeah. it's a fun little surprise then and you don't have <laughs> patty labelle like just now, where where was the stage manager for that show? Um, just and are they doing okay? Taking, taking a smoke break. Uh, they <laughs> must have been. They said they they were like, oh, we, we've we've got time, we've got time, and yeah. then suddenly they're like, hey, does that does that sound like? Has the music started? What is going on out there? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never oh, work in this town again. Is that is that Patty LaBelle? And then she yelling at people. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little about you, Tui. Ah, uh, oh no. 
Um, we're so musical <laughs> today. Who am I? Seriously, we're we're getting every pitch. <laughs> I um, I I'll 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 try to I'll try to hit all of the the personal identities uh, in sure. one go. I am a uh, bisexual on the A spectrum, a uh, trans non-binary person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use she, they pronouns, uh, which is pretty new. Uh, but I, I figured I would, I would, uh, I would come out as trans non-binary in the same way that I came out as bisexual in which I just like, I just was and like, oh, oh, that, that's, uh, I, I I sort of knew that, but I didn't, you know, and it, it didn't actually come out at all. It's sort of like mm. that's how that's how we do things in my family. Um, I believe uh, my uh, uh, my cousin came out as uh, a lesbian in very much the same way, and that she just was. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and and this is my girlfriend, and uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, we all were just like, oh yeah, no, that makes that tracks that tracks. Um, uh, I, uh, I am, uh, uh, biracial. Um, my father is, is white. Uh, my mother is Vietnamese. Uh, she was a Vietnam war refugee. Uh, and I am a, uh, uh, a, a leftist, um, person, uh, as well. So, um, quite possibly have ADHD. Uh, sure. Not, not, not um not technically uh, diagnosed uh not clinically diagnosed i am profoundly uh depressed <laughs> and, <laughs> and anxious profoundly oh, i have I uh i have profound depression and anxiety um uh as a person uh but you know i'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> mentally, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here and, uh, you know, just making, making do. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's quite a lot of who I am, but of course, you know, any, any one sort of, uh, I identity, I mean, it's just, it's just one part of one's identity, I suppose. So, mm. um, you know, so I'm 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 a lot of different things, all at once. Uh, sometimes contradictory. Uh, you know, but I'm trying to you know be open to, you know, uh, uh, you know, re reexamining and uh, you know, sort of self reflecting on who I am as a person. I apologize for that sound. Uh, that was uh, me readjusting my uh, lap desk, which has the laptop on top of it so you're good you're good no worries. Uh, we, tr- we truly all contain multitudes <laughs> it's true and nobody's identity is necessarily in stasis it's always important to like you know check on yourself every once in a while see how you're feeling and adjust accordingly yeah mm-hmm. yeah and like that. also as somebody who is also pretty sure they got something but not a, it's not a diagnosis um <laughs> i completely feel you on that Though, like, my feelings on diagnosis uh, have definitely shifted. I mean, they've always been where, like, it's like, oh, diagnosis is something that is accessible if you can afford it. And if you can afford to have that label just attached to you, 
and be treated accordingly by medical professionals, which is uh, not always super helpful to people in marginalized communities, especially. Um, But uh, I went to my primary care physician uh, a couple of months ago and she was like taking my history and all that. And she's like, "Um, have you been diagnosed with anything else? And I was like, "Um, I think anxiety. I don't know if I've ever gotten like a formal diagnosis on that. And she was just like, do you feel like you have anxiety? And I was like, yes. And she was like, here's your diagnosis. You have anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Doc. Hell yeah. So it's like, you know, like, diagnosis is really just something a doctor hands to you. And it can be a helpful (laughs) tool for people. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you're the person with the information about you. The doctor is just a person collecting that information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, you know, you know, uh, writing it down. Right. Yeah. Gotta, gotta write it down. (laughs) Mm. Um, I, um, uh, when I first, uh, moved to Philadelphia in, uh, December of 2013, I didn't have any health insurance. Uh, and, uh, in the spring of 2014, I started, uh, visiting the, uh, um, uh, the city health center. Um, and, uh, in, uh, in Philly, they, they, you know, they, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a, a clinic, uh, full of harried, stressed out people, uh, that, uh, cater to mostly low income and, um, uh, you know, uh, working class citizens. And, um, they, they give you a printout at the end of every visit, and it has every every code that they've put in for you, like every sort of diagnosis, everything that you've come in for, and all of your symptoms and things like that. And I, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite codes that they put for me was uh, anxiety about health. <laughs> I guess. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick because I'm sick. Like I. Uh, it it really do be like that. It is mm. a snake eating its own tail. I get sick from being worried about being sick constantly. I it's am, a pain yes. in the ass. I am the Ouroboros <laughs> yes. of of uh, uh, <sighs> wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, want to tell us a little bit about your queer journey, Tui? Ooh, um, I think, uh, and of course, I haven't really had the space to. Um, to really uh, reflect on it until I, I was older, and uh, I'm I'm 36 now, and um, I looking back, I and that's the sort of thing I I, I feel like I I've never really had to come out in uh, in any way, shape, or form because I just was mm. <laughs> almost almost obviously um and of course uh you know but of course people don't want to see it if they don't want to see it you know yes so, absolutely but i think i always was uh a a a queer person i was always strange certainly uh <laughs> in in that in that sense of 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 the word queer um i was i was a, a weird lonely kid and um uh, I lived in a, you know, I, I was part of a, a, a big sort of working class slash uh, <laughs> a 
a working poor family. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about this recently and I, I literally, uh, as a child, was in the closet. And I apparently this is not as common unless you are, you know, living in poverty. But um, when I was a kid, I shared a room with my two sisters um, and and my brother. Like we all, the four of us, mm -hmm. <laughs> we all we all shared a room together, and um, we had you know two bunk beds. But but I usually ended up sleeping actually in the same bed with my younger sister, mm -hmm. and that was just that was just how it was. We we had we had two bunk beds. And the, the top bunk of my brother's bed was uninhabitable because it was just full of stuff. I think there was, there was like clothes and, <laughs> and, and toys and, or whatever. There was just junk up on that bunk. And so nobody slept in that bunk. And so <laughs> junk on the my, bunk. <laughs> it was just, a, it was a junk bunk. Yes. And, uh, my older sister slept on the top bunk of the other bunk bed and I slept on the bottom bunk and uh, Laura would just you know decide whether she was going to sleep in 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 Kim's bed or my bed and she usually ended up sleeping in my bed mm -hmm. um and like yeah now when I think about it I'm like well that's that's probably not a common thing that <laughs> that people had growing up because you know people like oh I had my own room and or you know when I was a teenager I had my own room or you know when I uh you know but but like yeah and I was like oh Laura, Laura never had a bed like she always had to sort of choose which bed she was going to sleep in mm. uh so i was like oh well that's that's kind of unusual but um because um uh you know i had all these siblings and we all shared a room the only time i could actually be alone was if i literally crawled into the closet and shut the closet slid the <laughs> the closet door shut <laughs> And that was how I could have alone time, uh, you know, that we, we just, we didn't have uh, any space to ourselves. So I would just like sit in the, in the closet, like on a bunch uh, like piles of old clothes and, uh, and just be alone with myself uh, mm. and just sort of, um, you know, uh, make believe and to like, just, you know, um, uh, yeah, just sat there in the dark and, uh, <laughs> how how strange that was uh and i you know we well, well you know we were never unless unless you unless you were in the bathroom like i mean but you can't right, spend yeah. all of your time in the bathroom obviously you know right, sure. uh, people it need the bathroom uh uh <laughs> at, at any given time mm -hmm. um but yeah just uh i would just sit there in the dark um in the closet because I was, I, you know, and I, I was a weird kid and I had, I had trouble making friends and I, I still do. Um, <laughs> I mean, every few years I would have a big falling out with someone and just be ejected from a group of friends. So now I just try to keep a reasonable distance from the people I like. Because uh, <laughs> when I get too close to folks, they get really sick of me. And, um, kind of, uh, uh, I'm either too intense or like unyielding or whatever, you know, and it just kind of, it's, it's hard. I, you know, it kind of breaks my heart loving people, uh, so hard that they can't wait to get away from me. But, um, uh, uh, so now I, you know, I, I just have cats and, you know, I'll scratch you in the face when they've had enough of you, but you know, they always come back. <laughs> cats just don't like anyone you regardless. Know. They are good they, at setting boundaries. They are very good at setting boundaries and they will let you know when you have crossed them. But, uh, you know, but you, you still feed them, you know, so they, they mm. they're always going to come back. Yes. <laughs> People should commu communicate as well as cats do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe with fewer scratching. Maybe. Instances. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's a, it's always a risk I'm willing to take, you know? <laughs> is, is that why there's like this connection between like, cause it's like such a trope of like queer people having cats and loving cats and all that stuff. Is it because we're also just really big on consent and communication as a people? I, I think mm. I, I think there's something there. There's definitely something there. I see it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, cats uh, are fairly independent, but they are still social creatures. You know, they, they are very opinionated. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they can be, uh, you know, very... Um, their emotions are heightened Mm. (laughs) they can they can either be like 100% chill or they 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 could be 100% not chill gosh and Um, that can change so fast that's so (laughs) so changeable yeah Uh, (laughs) I'm currently taking two languages on Duolingo I'm Mm, taking uh, Vietnamese I'm learning Vietnamese because I, I never learned when I was young. Um, because, uh, you know, my, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, my, my mother was a, a Vietnam War refugee and she came over here when she was probably like middle school age. Mm. Um, and uh, I say probably because my mother was adopted. And so she doesn't actually know when she like she doesn't know her actual birth date. Uh. Um, but they think it might have been 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she... Um, uh, she would have been like 12 or 13 uh, when uh, she arrived in the United States and they didn't have any uh, ESL English as a second language programs at the time. And so they decided, well, you need to learn English. So we're going to put you in the second grade, even though you're like 12 or 13 years old. Mm. So that was, and that was sort of humiliating and, and, um, uh, she experienced a lot of bullying, and so she decided when uh, she had children that they would uh, only speak English um, because uh, uh, having to learn English uh, as a child was traumatizing for her. So, um, yeah. so I'm learning Vietnamese on Duolingo. I'm also learning uh, German because uh, I have a German. Uh, half brother uh, uh, on 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 my father's side, um, so uh, it's a little embarrassing to me because I, I I've always known about my brother Daniel, but I've never uh, you know we 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 didn't really start corresponding until we were much older, um, and you know we're friends on social media and and so forth and. Um, you know, wish each other happy birthday and 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 such. But uh, it's it's sort of embarrassing to me that like I have a whole I have a whole brother uh, that um, that I've never really uh, had a, a relationship with or, or really communicated with. Uh, you know, and and I don't even speak uh, I don't even speak his language. You know, and so I, I I'm trying to learn to speak German, but the, 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 uh, the, the reason why I bring this up is because I, I got a, um, a prompt, uh, in Duolingo and it was, uh, you know, translate the sentence, uh, ich bin eine Katze, which means I am a cat. And, <laughs> and I was a like, word you use, uh, a phrase you use every day in Germany. You know, honestly, it's a word that I, I, I mean, it's true in English. 
I am a cat. <laughs> you do often go meow meow. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my filler. That's my filler. You know how some you know, people have like those sort of like little little idiosyncrasies. It's little strange like words or phrases that they just say, um, uh, or you know they have like a nervous laugh or something like that. I mm-hmm. just meow. <laughs> oh no, I get you. I have this uh, weird kind of cat sound that I was making and I couldn't stop making it, and then I realized that it became like an auditory stim. Uh, mm. Yeah. So now every once in a while I'm just like. What? <laughs> it's uh it's great <laughs> I 12 out of 10 no it. notes I I'm fully in support of that we'll just meow at each other next rehearsal yes well I we're, we're probably I already doing it I'll be perfectly honest I, yeah. just, I don't even know I'm doing it yeah I was gonna say I'd be extremely surprised if you two have not meowed at each other at a rehearsal at this point <laughs> Oh, I am sure we have, honestly. Yes. Um, I, 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 you, you all may know uh, Rachel O'Hanlon Rodriguez, and yes, you know they and I did a um, a reading together where we we met for the first time actually, but we knew of each other and in fact had corresponded because at the time they had, were working for a uh, a theater company. And were corresponding with me as a as a performer, and then um, quit that company. And so, uh, and then later we were doing this 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 reading together, and they said, "Hi, I, I'm Rachel, and you must be Tui." And I responded by by rubbing up against their shoulder, and then immediately <gasps> was horrified, and I was like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> But knowing Rachel, that was probably 100% acceptable. (laughs) And, 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 and they have said, uh, since then that like, that was perfect. And that I, because I immediately at the moment was, was, was like, I am so sorry. That's a, that's a strange (laughs) thing to do. Is it? And isn't it? I, I, I apologize. And they were like, uh, uh, I, I love it. I'm so happy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and lifelong friends were made that day. Uh, so to shift gears to you, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time so then you never have to hear about it again? You don't have to gender everyone. <laughs> yeah. All mm. the time. Uh, <laughs> as someone who strives to be, um, you know, uh, a considerate, and, and kind person, uh, mm. it, it, despite, uh, you know, the world at large <laughs> being, uh, yes. pretty, uh, um, uh, a pretty unkind, uh, place and chaotic and, um, uh, and, uh, sometimes, uh, inhospitable. Um, I, I also work in, in customer service. So, um, it's incredible to me how often cis hetero people insist on sir or ma'am or mm-hmm. referring to people using pronouns uh, which are assumed. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I every everyone everyone is they, them, or their name. <laughs> And that is how I operate, and uh, it's incredible how I will I will bring a, a situation to uh, even to to my manager. I'll I'll say um, uh, so. Um, 
this person is uh, having difficulty with placing an order on, on our website. Um, can you please advise uh, how I should respond to them? And my manager will say, uh, tell her. You didn't even. All right. <laughs> I went so far out of huh. my way to not, to not, to not binary gender this person. And, uh, and, and for me, and honestly, for me, because I, I, I do, I do suffer from sort of, um, uh, very sort of black and white thinking. Uh, it's either this or it's that. Mm-hmm. And a very, you know, which is, you know, um, which is a struggle. It's something that I, I, I work, I, you know, I've, I've, I've worked really hard to, uh, move away from, uh, that kind of thinking, like there's a right and a wrong way to do everything and everything mm-hmm. is binary. And, and, uh, uh, and, you know, when it comes to gender, that's, that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. it's right, just inherently yes. not true. And, um, so, um, uh, I, I find it so frustrating, especially when, I mean, if you were going to make that assumption, um, you know, a traditionally masculine name, this person has and your first instinct is just tell her <laughs> yeah. that she and i'm like what why why are why are you like this like why 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 must you do this i've 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 told you this person's name like you could just refer to them by their name call them by their name indeed <laughs> well now sex gave you all the clues everything you need is <laughs> is right there in the song yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as I I also work uh have worked uh, many customer service jobs, and the amount of times that, uh, like I have never personally needed to refer to somebody by gendered terms, and yet every time I try to bring up, hey, maybe don't refer to people with gendered terms constantly all the time. The response is always like, oh, well, what am I supposed to call them? Like, is there a... And it's like, first of all, Mix is around. It's available. She's been here um, as a title. But, like, also, like, as somebody who has worked those jobs, it is extremely possible to simply not. And yet everybody acts like it's a fucking emergency crisis that they (laughs) must. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say that's not true. Super it's incredible not. to me, you know, and, and of course, you know the the, the uh, <laughs> prevailing joke in the zeitgeist is uh, people, people, the people with their pronouns. Uh, everybody's uh, with the with these obsessed with these pronouns, and I'm like, you, you use pronouns every day, like the, the pro a pronoun is a noun that is 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 a, is a word that you use in place of a noun but when you yeah. know the noun why don't you just call that person by their name yeah it makes perfect sense so um i i i, I going back through my like work correspondence it's just me const- like every single time i refer to that person i'll refer to them by their name so there's no confusion mm-hmm. and uh and then i you know and uh, I'll, I'll, you know, look, going back through the thread, then people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I made it as clear as I possibly could. <laughs> it's right here. 
If you don't want to use pronouns, why don't you refer to people by the name they want to be referred as? Mm. Yeah, we have this handy-dandy thing where people are given titles that are their name, and you just call them that. I don't understand what's complex. It's it's the instinct of cisgender people to overcomplicate things, which are not inherently complicated. They are just not used to it yet mm-hmm. yeah it's like the second you get used to it like even when i thought i was cis it took me exactly two seconds to figure out they them pronouns because i thought to myself okay i don't understand this thing let me do some research and then eventually i understood it it's not that hard honestly people don't want to do research People, people don't want to do research because they don't want to admit that maybe they were wrong about something or maybe they didn't have enough information about something. Mm. I, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a meme that says uh, I, something along the lines of, if I'm wrong about something, educate me, don't belittle me. All right. But th- my response to that is you have to be willing to accept an education and accept that you're wrong without reflexively thinking that you're being belittled. And Mm -hmm. I think that is the major issue is if you say to somebody, oh, that person does not use she, her pronouns, they use they, them pronouns. If your first reaction is I'm being attacked, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I have been called out for being wrong and I'm going to now be very defensive about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think people have to, you know, and this is a problem that I encounter in every <laughs> in every facet of my life. And mm-hmm. I, I think that the perception of being wrong as being as being evil, as mm-hmm. being um, as being like a moral, uh, a moral judgment is is yeah. uh, is uh, I think the root of a lot of conflict um, mm-hmm. in the world uh, that I you know and no one wants to admit being wrong but you know I'm I'm yeah I, I if if like in my own brain there's a right and a wrong way to do everything sometimes I'm gonna be wrong <laughs> right I mean that's just 50 50 right um, yeah. so so I have to, so I have to be willing to, um, you know, to accept that. Oh, I'm wrong about this. I apologize. Uh, I, it's, 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 it's actually this. This is this part. This thing is correct. This mm-hmm. is, this is how. That that's right. I'm. I I got that wrong. And it, you know, it's so frustrating when people won't admit that they're wrong. Um, mm-hmm. They instead want to, you know throw a tantrum about it and it's like it just it, it, you know it's 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 a very simple thing oh i was wrong let me let me um let me take a step back here um it's actually like this <laughs> that that's right okay you know and then you and then you can just move on with your life uh so tui what is on your gay agenda you know for for me i think my gay agenda uh personally is to be authentically myself Hmm. and to sort of reconcile that person 
with this sort of imaginary perfect version of me that doesn't exist and never will. Mm. Um, and kind of accept who I am. Um, because I even, you know, I, um, you know, even in, in so many ways, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about like sort of like an alternate universe where I did this thing or I said this thing and, and everything is different because I, I, I said the magic word or Mm. I, I did this one thing and it was incredible and, and everyone loves me, you know? (laughs) And, and it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's, it's this very, it's this kind of toxic thing that I do to myself. It's like, I'm really, um, and I get really caught up in it too. Like this, oh, what if, what if I were like this? Or what if I had been really successful at this? Or, oh, what if, what if, um, you know, I met this perfect person and like had the love of my life or, or what if, uh, you know, what if I had this job or what if I had done, um, you know, I gone to school for this and, you know, was very, um, uh, this, this kind of idea of like the, 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 the perfect version of, of me. Mm. And, and that is what I spend so much time sort of obsessing over and sort of creating this world in my mind that doesn't exist. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a toxic, kind of a, kind of a, uh, a toxic thing <laughs> that, that I do for myself, um, mm. which, um, and I do spend like a profound amount of time uh, in, in, you know, sort of world building <laughs> um, mm-hmm. of this, this imaginary version of me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I, I, I think, you know, I, I have reached a point in my life where like, that's, that's not, that's not who I am and that's not who I'm going to be. And that's not who I'm ever going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to kind of like put that to bed and kind of, live in the here and now and that's hard and that's something that I work on a lot trying to be the best version of me that that I have and Mm. that I am Mm -hmm. and uh you know um to to listen to myself to listen to the world around me and be be um be present, I guess, in, in that, in the world that, that I, that I have in the life that I have to live, you know, and yeah. And to be kind and, and, and use my, my power and my voice, uh, you know, to make the world a better place, however I can, I suppose. Yeah. I love that. Mm. A very relatable agenda item. I need to work on that too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Not my existential anguish that I'm <laughs> that I'm that I'm spreading in my message. It's that no. one TikTok audio. I don't know if it's just me who keeps getting this audio or not, but there's that one audio where it's like, ah, we both got autism, haven't we? That's good to know. But now I'm like, ah, we both have an existential crisis, don't we? That's good to know. <laughs> But honestly, yes. I find it very comforting when people talk about that kind of thing, because I think there's a lot of feelings, um, not necessarily that one, but like, 
maybe that one uh yeah. all sorts of feelings where somebody has it and they're like ah this horrible feeling that only i know and then someone else says it and it's like oh oh thank god oh thank goodness <laughs> it's more normal than i thought it's i'm yeah. not alone yeah absolutely because you were saying all that and i was like oh thank goodness (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um all right let's let's put our existential crises in our pocket and get to the game shall we okay yes hello it's me your your camp counselor jen i haven't done that bit in many a week um yeah yeah (laughs) i'm so glad to hear it again (laughs) It's not really camp season. It is. It is uh, getting into winter, but it's winter camp now. Yeah. Winter camp. Uh, I, camp. I mean, I'm at camp any <laughs> any season, all year round. As someone camp. who likes bad movies, camp is all year round. Yes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so I have made a little a little quiz. Uh, we we mentioned that we're rehearsing together. We're all working on um, a queer Christmas Carol. Yes, that mm. classic story. Except this time, everyone is gay. Yes, um, a world premiere. I was saying of... this time, everyone's explicitly <laughs> gay because I mean that text already. It's pretty gay. It's pretty fucking gay, actually. <laughs> I'm just the one making everyone smooch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that like I'm that person who the two characters are next to each other and I push them together and I go now Just kiss. Kiss. Oh thing, yeah. <laughs> um, so I put together a little quiz about the traditional story of Christmas Carol. I call it a queer Christmas Quarrel quiz. <laughs> um hey. a missed opportunity, CJ. I know, I'm writing this down for next year. <laughs> um and it is about the original book so like what's queer about this quiz that we're the ones doing it i guess i don't know know? (laughs) that's honestly a lot of what's queer about a queer christmas carol valid true (laughs) true uh so i just have some some open-ended questions about the story i tried to find some that were like a little more obscure and some that are less so um gosh i found there's a lot of quizzes online that are like well how much do you know about a christmas carol what's bob cratchit's youngest son named it's like oh my god yeah um (laughs) but that one was great because it had alternative answers we had uh let me see it was um serious sydney and puny philip okay (laughs) i really like puny philip puny (laughs) philip Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, curious Sydney. If you would like to use CJ as a lifeline in this quiz, I do not run questions by them, and as we know, they've been studying a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, a a Christmas Carol scholar, if you will. One could say, one could say that after watching twenty five adaptations of it in two weeks, that one time. <laughs> The Scroogening is genuinely one of my favorite things that has ever happened. Thanks. It's very good. Thanks. I did it so no one else has to. I keep giving the <laughs> disclaimer to people. I'm like, yeah, I watched 25 of Christmas Carols in two weeks. Don't do that. <laughs> no one do that. It was a you coping mechanism for my depression. 
your mind. <laughs> you oh. might simply lose your mind and cease to be. I did it because I was uh, couch ridden from surgery and there was a pandemic and I was depressed. <laughs> Under no other circumstances should a person undertake this task. One might say you might cease to exist, become incorporeal, like a Christmas spirit. Ooh, spooky. Um, are you ready for a queer Christmas queral quiz? <laughs> as ready as I'll ever be. God, every time I say it, I hate myself more. All right. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. All I right. want it. I want it on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, cast gift. Um... <laughs> Everyone in the cast is going to queer Christmas queral quiz. <laughs> sure. All right. Are you ready for your first question? Yes. All right. At the start of the story, how many years has Marley been dead? For seven. Yes. Yeah. Boom. All right. Two. Why does Scrooge like to sit in the dark? Because he's cheap and mm. darkness is cheap and so is Scrooge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what is the ghost of Christmas Present's throne made up of? Ooh. We don't have a throne in our... Uh, we don't have a throne in ours. In our adaptation, D- no. Yeah, let's put more furniture in that space. <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of room. <laughs> so much room for activities. Let's put in more furniture. Because <laughs> uh, I know there's that buffet all around him, and like it's the fruits of like charity and all that shit. I don't know if the throne is itself made of food or it might be made of presents it's sort of i it's sort of made of it it's just it's made of christmas it's, it's made of all of the the ideas the ideal christmas stuff right it's like uh, uh, uh like generosity goodwill something like that it's made of it's made of christmas concepts yeah and usually depicted by food and presents sure Yay. mostly food it turns out yeah <laughs> oh okay which i don't i don't know that i'd want to eat a, a feast that a ghost has been putting its butt on but you know <laughs> yeah yeah that just that, that, I, that doesn't sound sanitary it does yeah that scene always trips me up which is why i didn't put it in the adaptation because like it's all fine and stuff but then they just like leave the food there and that seems like that sucks we that are in dickensian london yeah is it ghost so that's, food? that's wasteful is yeah. it the ghost of food that has been eaten my mm. my idea my so i i don't like and and maybe this is because i'm somewhat a thrifty a resourceful person myself, but mm-hmm. I cannot stand a thing uh, that has, um, a, you know, such limited use that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll get this, I'll get this appliance, but only if it does more than one thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has to be a combination, something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, because I don't like, I don't like to, I don't like things to go to waste. So I, you know, if, if I, if I buy if I buy spinach, I'm gonna eat spinach, even if it's all wilted and kind of gross. I'm, gonna th- <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that in a blender. Mm. We're gonna 
put that in something. I've got to, I've got to eat that. I don't like, I don't like it when food goes to waste. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, you know, probably, uh, a, uh, um, a consequence of, you know, living in poverty and, uh, not having, you know, fresh produce. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I used to eat tomatoes like an apple because oh, we, not? we didn't have, cause we, you know, fresh produce would, would go to waste if, you know, uh, if it was in the fridge for too long. And so like we would, uh, sure. yeah. So if there, if there were tomatoes in the fridge, I was going to, I was going to eat them like an apple. Look, you throw some salt and pepper on that and you're set. <laughs> truly, truly. I, I, I don't eat, I don't even think that I was that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just, no, just ate it straight, straight <laughs> up. Didn't no seasoning. Didn't learn about seasoning until I was an adult mm. and, you know, <laughs> had to teach myself how to cook, had to teach myself to become pretty self-sufficient. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't like wasting food. This, this asshole. All right. (laughs) Talking about trying to, trying to teach Scrooge how to be, you know, how to, how to be a better person. But meanwhile, he's sitting on a throne of food. And then your ghost of Christmas present privilege. This fucking guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two more questions about this fucking guy. I don't know. It Sorry. just worked out that way. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just, I was there. looking at it. I'm like, I don't have questions about like Christmas past or Christmas yet to come. I have three questions about Christmas present. Um, they have a lot to do. Yeah. And I mean, I, to be fair, with Christmas yet to come, all of the questions are very straightforward where it's just like, who died? Does he talk? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, the ghost of Christmas present tells Scrooge that he has how many brothers? Uh, he, he says he has like 18,000. It'd be 1800, right? Because it's starting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry. 18, 1800, like the, 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 the time, uh, the, the the year, how many years have passed? Yeah. Um, 18, not (laughs) 18,000. Wait, let's 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 cut that part out. Just edit that part out where I said eighteen hundred incorrectly. I no, I'm keeping it in. Keep the struggle. No, <laughs> zeros zeros are hard. Zeros. I, I I I that that always that confused me when I was young because I was like, what's what's eighteen hundred? Yeah, no, there, there's eight hundred, and then there's one thousand eight hundred. If something yes. is more what's this eighteen hundred business? If something has more than like. 10,000, then I am going to count the amount of zeros like two or three times to make sure I'm about to say the right number. Absolutely. <laughs> and even then, I might not. <laughs> I, I love when, when you're like, okay, the 1800s, that was the 19th century. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> no, I got to count one more, one more because like, you know, the, z- the, the year with the zeros, like that's all the first century, you know, and then it's mm. like, oh, okay, yeah, then now this is mm-hmm. uh, one, what, when the, there's a 100 in front of it, but it's, but it's the second century, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, never my strong point. No, it's rough. Uh, that said, yes, he does have over 1800 siblings. Yay. Yeah. All right, last Christmas present question. Uh, uh, the Christmas present takes Scrooge um to his nephew's house and to the cratchit house and one other pretty random location where else does christmas present take scrooge doesn't he take him into a coal mine yeah oh i said he takes him into a coal mine and the the miners are celebrating 
uh, are celebrating Christmas. So even though they are working, you know, hard and, and in dangerous, very precarious sort of conditions, they stop and they, they celebrate Christmas and Mm -hmm. they celebrate everything that they have. As I've mentioned to the both of you, I I was in a, uh, (laughs) I was in, in a production of a Christmas Carol on stage in my youth. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I just remember that scene because, uh, they sang, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. And it was this beautiful acapella rendition that the the men sang uh, in that scene. It was the choir director at my church and my, and my then pastor who were playing those roles. Uh, I, I don't remember who else, but I, I do remember just this beautiful um, uh, acapella rendition uh with men's voices singing o come o come emmanuel mm. and <laughs> they um yeah and they had their little like tankards and they were having a christmas a christmas drink and yeah. um singing that song all smudged up uh in <laughs> uh in coal face um <laughs> right uh looking somewhat problematic but you know um <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it was, it's supposed to be coal. It's supposed to be yes. coal dust. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. I realized that I, I did steal the question format from a pre-existing quiz because I'm a thief. <laughs> um, and that said, what one other location? And as I was reading it out loud, I'm like, it's more than one other location. I think that quiz was specifically about a film adaptation. Mm. Um, what, 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 is, what is the answer in your uh, quiz? Well, I mean, they go a few places, including the mine, uh, including a hospital. And mm-hmm. um, as this quiz reminded me, and was, I remember for the produ- production I was in, they also go to a boat. <laughs> sure. Just yeah. Checking in with some sailors who are also like singing mm-hmm. Christmas carols in the middle of a storm. Living it up. <laughs> yeah. 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 They go a lot of places. Yeah. A real tour. Mm-hmm. All right. World tour of Christmas present. <laughs> Do some Christmas present, or as he's known colloquially, Mister Worldwide. <laughs> um, that threw that threw me because Mister Worldwide is the name of one of my favorite TikTok cats. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I've got three more questions for you. All right, where does Martha Cratchit work? Oh, this one's tough. I know this because because Mrs. Cratchit brings, uh. Where, where she where she comes home, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Mrs. Cratchit and Martha have that whole conversation. Oh, uh, CJ, uh, I need I need a lifeline. Yeah, I I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm I like I almost want to say like like she works for a seamstress or something, but like yeah, like a like a tailor or a uh not seam yeah not a tailor uh, uh yeah like a seamstress or a. Uh, a hat shop, a milliner. Mil- mil- milliner. Yes, a milliner. Hey. I was going to say you're in the right direction when CJ said, can't think of it off the top of their head. I was like, Because uh. uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> where you wear a hat. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, yes. We got we got there. We made it. Yes. All right. Ahem. Why didn't Scrooge remove Marley's name from their business sign after he died? Because they're gay. <laughs> yes. But why else? Uh, out of love. You know, be, um, because uh, because he's because he's cheap. 
Yeah, it costs money to remove something from a sign. He says, time will remove it at no cost to us. Because <laughs> he sucks. Fair also, enough. He, also, he's in mourning. Because <laughs> he, 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 he just wants the name there so that like a part of Marley is still there. Yeah. Mostly the cheap thing, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then speaking of Marley... Um, what does Scrooge blame the visions of Marley on? Oh, a crumb of cheese, a fucking... Bit of underdone potato. Underdone potato. Josh <laughs> always says what... Uh, Josh Hitchens... A lot of you, mustard. A lot of mustard. mustard. Uh, our, our Scrooge, Josh Hitchens, always adds one more than I put in the script. And at a certain <laughs> point, I was like, just say the one more. Like, <laughs> it's you fine. Keep- if you say it every time, then it's just <laughs> worth having around at that point. Then let's just go for it. So yeah. There's more of gravy than grave gravy. about you. That's my favorite joke in the text, honestly. Yes. <laughs> um, not our text. I mean, like, the original text. Um, right. I do have a favorite joke in our text, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might see it. <laughs> I want to hear about it later. <laughs> okay. Off, off mic. Yeah. Yes. Um... Yeah, no, I as especially as someone with chronic stomach issues, I do love that Scrooge sees the the ghost of his dead boyfriend and is like, I must have food poisoning. It must be indigestion. <laughs> I just gotta take a Tums. Uh yeah, alright. So that's a perfect score on the queer Christmas Quarrel quiz. <laughs> Look at us. Congratulations. Go. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Tui. I'm so glad we finally got to chat on the podcast. I, I, I genuinely was like, I, I don't think I'm gay enough. I don't think I'm gay enough. And then I was like, I, I I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. I am gay enough. You yes. are. It's the ongoing thing. If you think you're not queer enough, that's just honestly the thing that queer people think about all the time. That's yeah. only something that, that that queer people worry about. Yeah. Yes. Am I queer enough? Yes. The How answer is yes. Queer? Because you because you have that complex. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh Tui, anything you want to plug? Like for example, if the three of us were in a show that's premiering this weekend? Yes. Um, please uh, come see A Queer Christmas Carol by the Hummingbards. Um, the script was written by um, one of my favorite playwrights, uh, uh, C.J. Higgins and, and Quentin J. Alexander. Mm. Um, and uh, it's being performed at the Painted Mug Cafe, a world premiere uh, at, uh, the, at the first queer owned uh performance venue uh for drag and 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 theater i i believe in philadelphia well i think i it's certainly the first of its kind like they're specifically looking to create like a space that decenters drug and alcohol um it's not yet but they're looking to make it completely ada accessible yes um and it is be it's uh definitely like one of the few spaces like that that exist in south philly specifically Mm -hmm. um so it it's definitely not like the first like drag artist owned uh (laughs) space in philly but it is certainly a unique one and we will be the first performance to ever happen there we are christening the stage with our gay bullshit (laughs) and it's gonna be uh december 17th through 19th 
uh, digital performances from December 20th to December 31st. And I'm so happy to be uh, uh, performing in this show with um, the most wonderful people uh, and for a company that I love, one of my absolute favorites in Philadelphia, the Hum and Bards. So happy to be in a show with with you both. It's uh, it's a Christmas miracle. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's everything I ever wanted. Yay! Oh, I'm so fucking excited for this show. Like y'all yeah. are doing so good. I'm directing it. Uh, y'all are doing so good. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, the show. Like at minimum, the performers are fucking crushing it. Like <laughs> now, all I, now all I have to worry about is making sure we have a stage, <laughs> which we will. And, you know, I, and the, you know, I, I following, um, you know, the, the progress of, uh, you, you know, the, 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 the building and the, and the, um, you know, the renovations and, and it's, it, it's such, there's so much, there's so much love and there's so much passion and, and going into that space and into our production, um, I, even like those little moments of, you know, I, I, I watch, I watch our rehearsals and I, I, you know, I hear like what always feels like the perfect reading of a line mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, just the perfect, the perfect reaction, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I'm just like, wow, you know, these, this is such an incredibly talented group of people and, and, what a beautiful, what a beautiful message and a beautiful uh, feeling. I think th- there's something really, there's something really beautiful about the idea that you know Christmas time and, and the holidays is a time to be our best selves and to to help people however we can is mm-hmm. is a beautiful message and just a beautiful philosophy to to. Um, you know, to, to bring to life in, in a humorous and, and, but also, um, very, uh, earnest and honest way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the ADHD question. I'm so sorry if this already came up. Did we mention the digital streaming for people who can't see it in person? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, the, yeah. uh, uh, digital, um, streaming from uh, December 20th to the 31st, I think uh, the former dean of the chapel and uh, former president of my alma mater are going to purchase uh, tickets digital for the digital uh, uh, streaming. Fantastic. Because, uh, <laughs> randomly, they were like, oh, we're, we're going to be in uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and we should, we should, and I was like, well, that, that's a very long way from from philadelphia i don't think yes. people realize how big a state pennsylvania that's yeah is. that's uh, still a five-hour schlep yeah i don't think i'm gonna make it there and i don't think you should try to make it where i am because it's uh it's 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 quite a trek yeah. um but i said hey I'm, I'm in the show and and we have digital performances and um and he was like oh yeah we're, we're definitely gonna see the show so oh excellent uh yeah um you can find my gay agenda on apple podcast spotify stitcher if you're already there go ahead and drop us a rating we like stars and shit 
Um, you can also <laughs> check us out on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Gay Agenda Cast. And you can also find us on a more financial level at patreon.com slash mygayagenda, much like Rachel, Christmas Spirit Higgins, Sabrina, Quentin J. Alexander, Jim Nolan, and Tiny Sneal. Yeah, uh, and thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Uh, find something to learn about today. Let yourself be wrong about something. I don't know. Learning's yeah. cool. <laughs> Today, go be wrong about something. <laughs> and give yourself permission to do so. As long as it's not, yes. like, ethically wrong. But, like, math? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Confuse your 18,000 and 1,800, you know? Give yeah. yourself space to do so. And that's our gay agenda.